This is Going Out Your Door, the podcast to get you out your door and on the road. I am Marjorie Frymouth, and I am so excited to have you here with us today. I'm probably going to say something like that every single time because it will never stop being true. I am thrilled that you are joining us on this journey to talk about all things travel. So like I said in the first episode, I want to start this series by talking about things that are maybe a little bit more approachable for people now, just because given the state of the pandemic, uh, most of us cannot travel or, you know, cannot travel safely, so we shouldn't. Um, so I want to talk about things that, you know, are, are, are travel related, but uh, also apply to how we're all living our lives right now. And I mentioned in the Taiwan COVID episode that my life has largely not been affected by the pandemic because, I mean, that's true. Given how well Taiwan has handled everything, I'm living a very normal life in Taiwan. But of course, the huge impact on me and how I love and choose to live my life is that I can't travel. So (laughs) that has certainly been a huge impact. Um, But the day-to-day of my life has remained largely the same in Taiwan. Um, So what I wanted to talk to you about today is homesickness and not being able to be around the, you know, the family and the friends, um, the food, the familiarity. (laughs) I love a good um, alliteration. Uh, All the things that you're you're used to and you miss desperately sometimes and you know that's a huge thing when you're traveling in general but especially when you choose to live in a place that is very far away from your family and friends or inaccessible or something like that and that's definitely something that relates to covid now because so many of us are unable to travel to see family who might live in another state or another place another country Um, And even if, you know, people you're close to just live on the other side of the city or down the block, if they're not part of your pod, you probably can't see them or, you know, have dinner or do all the things that you would usually do. So I think everyone is dealing with really intense isolation right now. So I wanted to talk about how that relates to the homesickness that we often feel when we travel and some tips. Um that I found very useful over the years. And I also did some research for this, looked into the uh, professional suggestions and everything for how to adapt and how to deal with missing home and missing family. And I was really pleased that my tips and the professional's tips generally aligned. (laughs) So I think there is something to them. The things that I have found very useful in practice are the things that, um, you know, people who research this (laughs) have suggested as well. So I want to tell you a little bit about my own history with homesickness, um, which is actually to say that I haven't experienced it too much. And I always feel a little bit guilty when I say that just because it makes me sound really cold or unfeeling or like I don't, you know, miss and love my family and friends. And that's certainly not true. I do miss them very, very much. Um, I think the the pros of living this life of living in other countries and traveling has just always outweighed the benefits of staying close to home for me. And I've been very lucky to have family and friends who, who wholeheartedly support 
everything I'm doing and, you know, this life that I've chosen to lead. And even to talk you through a little bit of like my history, (laughs) um, when I first left for college, you know, that's sort of the time where people leave home for the first time often. Uh, And that was certainly the case for me. Um, I don't know if this was ever explicitly said or if it was just implied, but when I was looking at colleges, my parents let it be known to some degree that they did not want me to go to college in state. They wanted me to go at least somewhere out of state. Um, I grew up in Maine and I ended up going to school in Massachusetts. So still New England, but I made it a little bit further away. And I, you know, I don't, I don't want them to get any hate mail from anyone. Um, that was just their way of encouraging me to experience something different and, you know, get away from home and not be in a place where I could go home every single weekend or something like that. And, you know, there's certainly nothing wrong with that if that's the choice that you make, but that wasn't what they wanted for me. Um, and I really do appreciate that. And I think, like I said, I can't remember if they ever actually said that or if it was just implied, but that implicit permission and encouragement, I think definitely helped push me on my path to um, exploring other places and traveling further afield as the years went on. So that was sort of my first experience. Um, And then when I studied abroad in Vienna, they also instituted another rule that uh, we were not allowed to Skype because it was Skype back then. Uh, No one was Zooming or FaceTiming or anything like that. We were not allowed to Skype more than once a week. We could email as much as we wanted uh, because, again, I did not have a smartphone back then. So no texting, no WhatsApp. Um, it was all done via email. We could email as much as we wanted, but the video calls could only be once a week. And that was done, you know, also just to make sure that I wasn't vicariously living back home when I should be experiencing this new culture in this new city and country that I was living in. Um Luckily, it ended up not being an issue, and I don't think I ever, you know, except for maybe a few, a couple times where I really wanted to tell them something or, you know, something like that, I I never really wanted to Skype them more than once a week, so it actually worked out pretty well. Um, But that was just sort of my situation. I was always very involved in where I was and never... I've never experienced that classic like homesickness to a very large degree, which I think is a little bit lucky. I mean, it's certainly not something fun to go through, Um, but that's just been my situation. And when I was living in Spain as an au pair with um, that lovely family that I lived with, they have a very strong extended family culture there. So we were always surrounded by all of the aunts and uncles and cousins and grandparents and Um, Every single day, we were eating lunch with one side of the whole extended family. So very, very strong family culture there. And at one point, someone made a comment to me, and it wasn't meant negatively in any way. It was just a comment. But they said that they could never imagine living away from family the way that I do. And even though I know it wasn't intended with any malice, I definitely 
took it a little bit badly. You know, it sort of made me feel like, like I said in the beginning, like I was cold or uncaring or, I, you know, I can just waltz off to the other side of the world and not care that I'm away from the people that I love. And, and that's definitely not true. But again, I've just always had the support and the encouragement. And my family has also come to visit me in many of the different places that I've lived, which has been so much fun and a whole other, you know, family dynamic for us to share. My parents came to visit uh, in Austria when I was living there. They came to Taiwan my first year here. My sister's come to Taiwan twice to visit. She loves it. And she even brought my nephew one time. So it's, you know, it's a whole other level of getting to be with your family when you get to share this other experience with them and show them all your favorite places in this new city and introduce them to a new culture and new food and everything. That's really, really special as well. So I think that's part of the um, sort of the trade-off is you end up with this other benefit also. So now I want to talk about some of the tried and true homesickness tips. Um, I've compiled these, like I said, from my own experience, and it also aligns with what I've um, heard from others and read um, some of the, the professionals and the blogs and things like that. So the first one is to find a routine. And a lot of these tips, you'll see it's sort of a trade-off between um, embracing your home and your family and bringing all of that with you, but also not letting it consume you and making sure that you're involving yourself in the new uh, place where you are in the new city or country. So this first one is definitely in the latter camp. It's find your routine. So that could be, do you like to go to the gym every morning? Do you want to run in the park? Uh, do you need to get coffee every morning? Um, do you want to belong to the local library? Just Whatever it is for you, really set up your new situation in a way that is maybe familiar or similar to what you would have done back home. For me, that is definitely uh, knowing the coffee shops. Um, I, it's actually kind of funny for, you know, for this life that I live, I, I travel to different places. I live in different countries. I do all these, you know, what you could argue are are crazy things or interesting things, but I am actually very much a creature of habit. I love having my routine. I love doing the same thing every day, or maybe not every day, but like, for example, when it's sunny and nice in Taipei, my favorite thing to do is go to the park with a book and a coffee and a snack and just hang out in the park reading and, you know, sitting in the sun if it's not super, super hot like it is here in the summer. Um, that's just my favorite thing to do. And I don't get tired of it every single time that the weather is nice. So, you know, <laughs> I do love that routine, even though I also love picking up and, you know, moving off to an entirely new country. So find what it is for you. Um, find that local coffee shop that you can go to every day or sign up for that gym or something like that to uh, really make your new city or your new neighborhood feel familiar and, you know, feel like home or your new home. Uh, the second tip, number two, this is connected to the other side of that um, dichotomy that I mentioned before, where you do want to you know, keep connected to home and to family and all of that. So this has actually never been easier than now with social media. Um, we, yeah, we certainly have it far easier than people used to, you know, a hundred years ago where you had to wait weeks for letters. Uh, definitely, you know, make use of social media. I am WhatsApping my mom all the time. I think 
now that I've been living abroad for, you know, what, seven years, uh, my parents have finally decided that they don't need to set moratoriums on how much we communicate and I'm allowed to text or call them <laughs> as much as I want. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I use WhatsApp with my family. Um, I've gotten more and more into Instagram in recent years. And I know that's also just like social media addiction, but I do find it really special to post stories and, you know, share photos so that my extended friends and family can see what my daily life is like. And I really like that level of communication where I can just sort of share the casual stuff as well. The things that like when, you know, before I got Instagram, when I would compile an entire album of a hundred photos and post it to Facebook, no one would ever really go through and look at them. <laughs> you know, maybe a few people would leave some comments or whatever, but, um, that was just so much more of a commitment where I can just share a casual post on Instagram of like, oh, this is what a local Taiwanese breakfast looks like or something like that. Um, and it allows, like I said, the extended family and everyone to have a more intimate look at what my everyday life is like in another country. And I think that's really special. So, you know, use things like that, use the FaceTime, use the WhatsApp, everything, but again, it's that balance. Don't do it so much that you're vicariously still living at home, even though you're in this other place. So it's all about balance. Um, and the third one, explore your city. And this has been very valuable to me when I'm feeling, you know, a little bit down or a little bit like I'm missing family or whatever. Um, and, and it can be hard when you're having those feelings, but remember that you are in this new place. You're in having this special experience. So get out and see what the city has to offer. I mean, I've lived in Taipei for geez, uh, four years, <laughs> four years, I think. And so I've seen a lot of it. I'm very familiar with it, but I still will just go to a random section that I've never been to before. Or I use the like attraction search on Google Maps. You can search for attractions um, and find something in the city that I haven't seen and like go visit that. So sort of giving yourself that feeling of the newness or the travel or the culture and all of that uh, can really help solidify you in a new place and make you feel more excited about this new experience that you're having. So I think that's really important, especially for me. Now, this last one, I, I almost don't want to include it because it's so much easier said than done, but it is important. So tip number four is make new friends. <laughs> I know. You're like, how? It's so hard as an adult to even make new friends in any situation, but especially when you're in a new country, a new city, like how, you know, how can you force something like that? Um, it is hard. I absolutely know. I, I've lived in Taipei for a long time, but the community is so cyclical here, especially, you know, the foreigner community. And I, you know, I do like to um, have, have other foreigner friends. Cause we have that connection of like being Americans or being foreigners living in another country. That's really special. Um, but I think it's also important to make as many local friends as you can as well. Cause then you have that local connection and you get, you know, just different perspectives and, and things like that. And of course, like any, anyone you're close to is great. It doesn't matter if, if there are other foreigners or locals. So just, you know, make the friends that you can. But as I was saying, the, the foreigner community in a lot of these cities is very cyclical. People will come for a year of school or they'll come to teach English for a year. So 
people are often leaving. And I mean, that's me. <laughs> I've done that. I've been that person. So I, I can't, you know, look down on anyone for that. I've left many times in many places. Uh, but it means that even though I've spent several years in Taipei, I very rarely had a consistent group of friends. Um, the friends that I've had at different times that I've been here have varied a lot because people keep leaving to pursue other things, which is great. And I support that. So I have had many points in my life, especially in Taipei, where I just, I feel like I don't know anyone. I don't have any friends. You know, I have acquaintances or I have colleagues, but I've gone through a lot of periods where I haven't had close friends. And that can really be a bummer. That can make you feel incredibly down and make it hard to be excited about your life in this new place, this new city. So I completely empathize. And I know it's hard to force something like making friends. I mean, it's kind of like dating. <laughs> you can't just like force a relationship or something like that. Um, or, you know, you can't conjure the one or whatever. Trust me, I've tried. Um, but there are some tips, you know, there's always the classic like, if you see someone who looks interesting in person, go say hi if they're, you know, reading a book that you like or something like that. Uh, but also don't be creepy. Um, but going back to the social media thing. So I think most cities, I definitely know Taipei. Um, and I know someone who lived in Vietnam who had this situation as well. Most cities will have many foreigner Facebook groups. So I encourage you to join as many of those as possible. They might, you know, just be for foreigners or be for certain hobbies or interests or whatever. Um, oh, also the website meetup.com can be great. I've joined several meetup groups um, for specific interests and I've met really cool people through those. But going back to Facebook, there's often a specific women-centered Facebook group for women in that city, if you happen to be a woman um, <laughs> or identify as a woman. So that I, I actually didn't know about that group in Taipei when I first moved here, and it completely changed my life in the past couple years that I've been a part of it. It's this space, you know, with thousands and thousands of foreigners and local women, and we use it for absolutely everything. I mean you know, looking for specific like foods from home or something like I, well, I don't know if I should share this because this isn't a success story of that Facebook group. But one thing I've not been able to find in Taipei is peppermint oil or peppermint extract. I really wanted to make my own peppermint mocha when the Christmas season rolled around. And I have not been able to find peppermint extract. It's just one of those random things. You know, Taipei is a huge city. It's a you know, up and coming international city and all those things, but I cannot find peppermint extract to save my life. And I've posted on the, the Facebook group uh, many times, but no one has actually been able to solve that one for me. But usually it's incredibly helpful. Um, you know, people will post requests for, for doctors or recommendations for specific doctors or, you know, looking for roommates and things, although that's usually a, a separate Facebook group, but just, Anything you can possibly think of goes on those groups or, you know, looking to meet up for lunch or dinner or something. And so that's actually how I met most of the people that I know now in Taipei was just through one of those, like, hey, let's go have Indian food for lunch. Want to come? And I met a few people through that. Um, and then they introduced me to more people that they had also met through these Facebook groups. So I really have a strong 
group of friends here in Taipei now, and it's largely due to these Facebook groups, which sounds kind of ridiculous and, you know, 21st century and all that, but it's totally true. So explore Facebook, explore social media. You can really make strong connections that way. I know it's so easy to sit here and say, make friends, but there are some steps you can take. And, you know, I can't guarantee that it'll work out. I've also met up with some groups and some people where I was like, well, okay, that was fun, but I'm not going to keep in touch. Um, but then at some point, something will just click and you'll know lots of people and it's fantastic. So that is my final specific recommendation. Um, another thing I wanted to mention after talking about the peppermint extract is, you know, foods from home. Because that's one thing I think... You know, I said that I don't experience like intense homesickness, but when I am missing home, it's often food centered. <laughs> Basically, my whole life is food centered. Now, um, I think that's just like how it manifests for me is I really want my mom's cooking or specific dishes that I remember or, um, you know, things that you can get in the States that are harder to find here. And luckily, that's becoming less of an issue. I've seen Taipei completely change over the past six years in terms of like what's available and what's affordable here, uh, which is fantastic. There's so much more like, say like American or Western food. And I don't mean fast food. I don't mean McDonald's. I mean, just like really good salads. Like that's, it sounds so funny, but that has been a thing of mine for the past couple of years is just like, I want a good salad. I don't want like iceberg lettuce and ranch dressing and tomatoes. I want like kale and quinoa and roasted red peppers and, you know, cheese and all that stuff. And for a while, that was something that was hard to find in Taipei, but it's definitely becoming more prevalent. Um, there's lots of like really amazing vegan restaurants and you can find like paninis and really good burgers and there's lots of really fun coffee shops opening up and, you know, local bars and craft breweries. So the the international food scene is really, really stepping up in Taipei. And I love Taiwanese food. Don't get me wrong. I mean, not stinky tofu. Stinky tofu is literally fermented tofu that smells like a garbage pail. And I'm probably going to get lots of irate people writing in telling me that stinky tofu is amazing and cultural and just fantastic and Taiwanese food and how can I possibly look down on it? I'm sorry. It's disgusting. I love, I love most Taiwanese food. I think it's fantastic. Stinky tofu. No, can't do it. Not up there. Anyway, so <laughs> um, I do, you know, I really enjoy living in Taiwan because I do love the food, but like I was saying, you just want that that stuff from home, those familiar tastes, um, things that remind you of your family and your friends and all the places you could eat out at home if it weren't during COVID times. Um, so really explore, like see what you can find in your city or if you can't find something from home, see if you can find the ingredients or in, you know, the whole peppermint extract thing. See if you can find facsimiles of the ingredients that you could make a dish from home and share it with your friends. You know, if you have, uh, if you come from a similar country or culture, maybe you guys can work together or like have a potluck or introduce friends to your foods from home, all that kind of stuff. And definitely in the expat communities or the foreigner communities, uh, the holidays are a big thing. So, you know, here in Taiwan, they don't celebrate Thanksgiving, uh, Christmas. Well, the Christmas season is celebrated here 
very intensely. <laughs> There's lots of Christmas carols and decorations everywhere. But then it comes to the actual day, the holiday, and it's not a public holiday. You have to go to work and no one really cares that it's the actual holiday, which is just funny to me. But the whole season is celebrated very intensely. But when it comes to things like Thanksgiving or Christmas, um, we always get together and host like a Friendsgiving or, you know, potlucks and stuff like that. And that's a really good time also to sort of indulge in those um, familiar, you know, foods and home cooking and try to find all the stuff that you can't usually get in this country and, and stuff like that. So those, you know, leaning on your familiar cuisines <laughs> sounds like such a bizarre tip, but for me, it's been really important because, um, yeah, when, when I'm homesick, when I'm missing home, I think it's just that's it's not the food itself. It's the reminder. It's the familiarity. It makes you feel comfortable. So I think that's really important. <laughs> All right. That feels like a funny tangent to have gone off on. So those are my top tips. You know, find your routine, stay in touch, use social media, but not too much. Um, explore your city and make new friends. And those are all things that I've done or had to do to varying degrees throughout my experiences traveling and living abroad. So I do endorse it personally. Um, like I said, though, I know that this is COVID. This is the pandemic. People are not probably moving abroad, or at least I hope you're not. I hope we're all staying put and staying safe. Uh, you're not traveling to new cities. You're not exploring. And I do feel like a little bit of a hypocrite talking about COVID to people who are actually in lockdown and things like that, where, where I'm not, you know, I can go to new restaurants. I can explore my city because I have that freedom and that safety in Taiwan. But, you know, how can you incorporate the elements of travel or the elements of pushing your boundaries? Because it's not necessarily about travel. It's about that exposure to new things or that exposure to new countries. So can you, you know, order Uber Eats or I don't even know what it is in the States. It's Uber Eats in Taiwan, but or DoorDash or <laughs> whatever it is that people are using, you know, can you choose a new restaurant or a new cuisine, like maybe make it, um, Mongolian night or Thai night, you know, order from those restaurants or do your exploring ahead of time to see like what kind of food, what kind of cuisine they eat there. So you're prepared when you place that delivery order. Um, watch the, the Lonely Planet travel documentary on YouTube or something about that country before you place that order. Um, it sounds corny. And again, I know I'm talking to people who have a very different lockdown situation than I do. And also, uh, you've been in this for, you know, a year at this point. So it's not like these are new, <laughs> fresh and new ideas for people just entering lockdown. But I think those are ways that, or those are adjustments to ways that I explore new cities or like I said, the same city that I'm living in. Um, my favorite thing to do in Taipei is find new restaurants and new cafes and things like that. So how can that be incorporated and give us those, those travel feelings, even though we can't travel right now? So I really want to end by just saying again that my heart goes out to everyone who is experiencing that isolation or that homesickness now. Um, even, you know, even if you're not living in another place, um, if you're having that experience because you cannot see your family at all or as much as you're used to or whatever, 
this this pandemic is certainly a unique experience for the entire world. And I hope maybe that some of the coping mechanisms that you have learned or or I have shared or anybody has shared throughout this time um, can maybe prep you for when we can start traveling again. You know, maybe you've set up a really strong um, habit or routine of like FaceTiming with your siblings or your cousins or something like that's something you can definitely carry when you move abroad or when you take a trip abroad because we live in this you know, hyper interconnected technological world, a lot of the stuff that people are doing during COVID can also translate to travel. And for example, I, I want to do an entire episode on holidays, um, experiencing holidays abroad, both like the local holidays and being away from your family and friends on your own cultural holidays. Um, I actually learned a thing or two from people experiencing lockdown during the pandemic. It's it's one of those funny things that you just don't think of. I I will say I do not video chat with my family very often. Um it's just not something we ever really think to do. Like, I, to be honest, I don't think my parents like it very much. They just don't like being on the video and trying to make sure they're in the frame and all of that. Um, so we call a lot. We use like the, just the regular voice call on WhatsApp. Um, so I think over the years, it just never really occurred to us that video chats on holidays could be a good idea. <laughs> And it wasn't until I heard people talking about like socially distanced or like Zoom, you know, Zoom Christmas, Zoom Thanksgiving that I was like, oh, oh, we could do that, too, because we're living on different continents. So this was the very first year that I put together a video call for um, some of my immediate family members is like my parents and my sister and my aunts. And we all got on a video call together. And it was just so funny. It was like, we could have been doing this for years. And it just never even occurred to us um, until people were forced to do that because of the pandemic. So I have definitely learned a thing or two as well. And then my parents and I, you know, video called on Christmas and opened our presents on video as well, which was like, that makes so much sense. Why have we never done this before? Um, um, so there's definitely overlap between the isolation experienced during the pandemic and the homesickness experienced during travel. Uh, you can definitely transfer some of those skills, you know, whether you're taking skills learned from travel and applying them now during lockdown or taking the skills learned during lockdown, you can apply them later when we start traveling again. So uh, there's definite overlap there, as I've learned. All right. I think that brings us to the end of this episode. Um, I'm so glad you were here to talk about this with me. I think it's a really important topic and I was uh, really glad to go through it with you. I want to know what your experience with homesickness has been like, either during travel or living abroad, or what the experience of lockdown and the pandemic has been like for you. How have you been able to keep in touch with your loved ones, or how have you been able to incorporate that element of excitement or new experiences, um, new new places, new cuisines. I always go back to food. Sorry, it's always about food for me. Um, how have you been able to incorporate that into your pandemic experience? You can send me any of your stories to goingoutyourdoortravel at gmail.com. Um, also on Instagram and Facebook at goingoutyourdoor and on Twitter at goingoutyour. 
Thank you again for being here to talk about this with me. And I am so excited to share more stories and more experiences and more guests with you next time on Going Out Your Door. 